Brownie, a uh, friend of the podcast. Is he? Well, guy who sent us a body part for the golem that haunts our every movement in this home. Brownie. And podcast contributor. There we go. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Sent us beer. He did. And we're going to drink some of it. He did a good. And what he did do was he not only sent the beer, he labeled with post-it notes both when he bought the beer and who sent it. Well, that was kind Which, of if you want to be discovered after the beer hole, you basically have to tattoo your essence onto that bottle because otherwise the beer hole will anonymize everything that comes out of it. It really so, will. Uh, Brownie, you, you beat the eldritch abyss that is my laundry room. But then you did something else. Yes, he also sent us uh, Carolina Reaper chips, right. which is technically bear mace. Right. Um, I am not going to eat those under any circumstances. And, the, well, nope. I'm not going to eat those beneath $2,000 a month on the Patreon. Uh, so that's basically under any circumstances. And thanks for having that. I could, like, use it to repel attackers uh, or some sort of home invasion. I'm going to grind mine up into a powder <laughs> and attack people with it. <clears throat> Yeah, because honestly, it, at that point, it, it's just a weapon. The fact uh, that honestly, it made it look it's like a potato chip. It, it's not liquefied, so it's technically more potent than most forms of mace. I, yeah, this is the one chip <clears throat> challenge chip that they have, right. uh, which is around, like, this particular version of the chip has not been rated for Skullvilles, but they're around 2 million, 1.9 million Skullvilles. You know. Which is, uh, Sriracha is like 5,000, by right. the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, a bit of clear, a disparity. Bear mace. For bears yeah. is about five thousand undiluted. Five, five million. million. Yeah. yeah, five million. Undiluted in the can, which makes this about half. Roughly equivalent to bear mace. Half a bear mace. <laughs> so anyways, uh thanks for one of those things. And I'm not gonna <laughs> fucking touch the other one. Bear mace doesn't go on the inside of your body. Well, I mean some top, but for some unless people, it that does. didn't work. Yeah. It goes on the inside of the bear's body. That's sometime. right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. But. So anyways, we're gonna we're gonna drink we're gonna drink the beer today. And that's it. <laughs> End of brownie gifts today. Yes. Bless you. Hey, everybody. I'm Caleb. I'm Spencer. And this is the Mix Six, where we drink six beers, have six conversations, rate them on a five-point scale, and it's it's good for what ails you. Ooh. I like that. Yeah. Good for what ails you. Yeah. Where's that been in our tagline? I don't know. It's a cure-all. Name one of our listeners that has scurvy. Can't do it. You can't do it. And Kevin Ellis tried. Yeah. He tried hard. Can't do it. So That man avoided a vegetable I mean, for years. They might have scurvy, but due to HIPAA laws, we can't know that. <laughs> Cure scurvy. <laughs> oh, no. And other... Please, conditions. please don't go all goop on this. <laughs> no, I. We're not. Get, we don't have Gwyneth Paltrow's lawyers. <laughs> That's true. We don't. Yeah. Yeah. Nor nor her hubris or her Netflix show. Right. Yeah. All right. How about this? Yeah. The mix six mm-hmm. uncorrelated with scurvy. Uh, well, that's statistically correct. Yes. All right. <laughs> Let's put it on a t-shirt. Yeah. I'll make a chart. Yeah. Put it on a it's bus. Science. Then yeah. put it in a bus stop right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, are we doing anything other than other than uh, like a rating system? Are we going anywhere? Do we have any events coming up? Where are not you going? losing our teeth? No hey. scurvy. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Uncorrelated with. Where are you going? I'm going to Australia. In, uh, oh yeah. Okay. Eventually. Yeah. Are, yeah. are people invited to that? Or it, sure. You just wanted to let us know that I'm going. <laughs> cool, be, be there. Great. Cool. Okay, well, if you're in Adelaide for Fringe, let me know. All right, I'm I'm gonna go home after this. Yeah, 
everyone. <laughs> I am too. And you know what? You, no one's invited. I just want to be clear. <laughs> yeah. Not no, we can have a mix six and a pod meet up in Adelaide. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, you you organize that. I'll, I'll maybe I will. I mean, it wouldn't be good for me to organize it cuz I don't I don't know where. <laughs> yeah, I'm not <laughs> anything I'm, is. I'm not going to be there. <laughs> I would just have to pick random like coordinates. God, that's kind of a game. Doesn't sound like <laughs> go, go here, go to the seven left. Right, <laughs> just go to Fringe. We'll be in the back corner, just yeah. the back corner. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Ross will be in Australia at some point. People are invited. Uh, other than that, we're staying home. No conventions to speak of. Although, don't forget that Origins tickets or badges, I think, are for sale. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to mm-hmm. see us mm-hmm. in Origins, we certainly hope you will mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, get, get your tickets. Uh, and we'll talk more about Origins plans in the, in the months to come. In the meantime, uh, we're into our regular bit here, where we're going to sample multiple different beers we're going to rate them on a five point scale and as we do that we're going to have a bunch of conversations about board games and pop culture and a a bunch of random shit but in order to rate those beers we need to introduce our every episode rotating scale and you've taken this on this week so how will we be rating our beers i'm gonna go with my personal superpowers i like it things i am oddly perhaps inhumanly good at very positive uh rated in order of their usefulness in my everyday life so a one, which is a beer you don't want to drink, and a superpower that I don't get a lot of use out of is typing things into social media and then <laughs> deleting them. Yeah, it's not very helpful. Um, very good at it. In fact, I'd go say the overwhelming majority of my social media posts are not posted and are then quickly deleted after I make them. You know, on the other hand, that could be a very useful skill. <clears throat> I think that we might be in a different place culturally, socially, if less people pushed send yeah but, or if more people had this but power. here's the thing we aren't in that place right. and it and all social media is a platform that rewards conflict and basically i am averse to that in almost all of its forms sure uh so i think we'd be better off as a podcast uh and maybe i'd be better off as a writer if i were meaner yeah on twitter yeah. more often yeah but uh i prefer to passive aggressively type it into the bar and then Sadly, backspace. I don't and leave posting nothing. I don't want to. I don't want to interact with a meaner you. Like so a I real, like it. a real hero. Yeah. Um. So number two, uh, slightly more useful for me. Uh, it's going to be fetch quest efficiency. Mm-hmm. Playing Death Stranding, which is a game about delivering things, and I just get it. And I, I've gotten it all the time, but like loading up them quests, just getting them weighed down, and then planning your best route like you're running errands on a Saturday. Sure. Yeah, I'm very good at that. Not in real life. Terrible at that in real life. Oh. Uh, but if I have a, a HUD right. to keep me well, where I'm going... Let's unpack that translation problem later. Well, I'm not great at navigating the town in which I've lived for 15 years. Sure. Or anything, really. Um, Makes sense. But, yeah. Uh, three, which is kind of useful, but could also get me killed, uh, is going to be a woodland confidence. Not a thing that I've thought of often about you being woodlandly confident. When I pick a direction in the woods, I fucking go that direction. He does. He does go. He will pick a direction and then go in that direction. And uh, when I, I'm not going to turn around. I'm not going to deviate. I'm going that direction. Now, even, even if there's a spider weapon in the middle, I will bowl through that son of a bitch. See? Watch out, spider weapon. Woodland confidence. Now, here's the thing could also get me murdered one day yep. by bears. My own idiocy, right? Petards. So see, so it's it's confidence, not direction picking. But I'm not going to be. Right. I'm not going to be that yeah. guy who walks around in a circle. No, fuck that. <laughs> I'm going to pick a direction. I'm going to go in. So uh, confidence in the woods. Like it. I see a tree over a river. I'm going to walk over that tree. Fucking amen. I'm going to balance it out, man. Because I'm I know what I'm doing in the woods, or I like to think I do. Well, you're confident enough. Yeah. Um, four. Now this is we're getting to the legitimate superpower level here archetypal pissing 
Go on. What I mean by this, very good at peeing in the theater when nothing's going on at the movie and predicting exactly when that's going to happen. Wow. Now, my last example was Terminator. So it's not a great example. Because you could pee whenever. Well. Which Terminator? The newest one? The one we got so drunk we barely remember watching. Remember? No. We we were there in the theater. You after, were there too. After a double episode, Is that the newest right? one? Yeah, yeah. the oh, newest yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we drank an entire bottle yeah. of whiskey. And yeah. then we decided, let's go see Terminator. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't recall missing much of the plot. I also, it's a Terminator movie, so I doubt I did, but I didn't miss any robot fights, and I have to confirm that oh, on yeah, YouTube. Oh, yeah, that's good news. Because I knew when robot fights were coming, basic on my sense of plot. It's a, it's a rhythm. Yeah, yeah. So my bladder and my sense of narrative are deeply attuned <laughs> in a sort of we, un, unhuman we, way. We have uh, to come back to this. Yeah. Uh, so last five, by far my most useful power, beer deja vu. It's weird. It's... I don't know where this one comes from. And this is a late add to my series of superpowers. I've yes, had the other ones for a year, years, but Beer Deja Vu is like growing more spooky every day because I'll be like, I think we tried that before. But, and we did. like, And it was Beer 82. It, it, yeah, and the second month of four years ago, even though I have no idea why I remember that. Yeah, so, it's very weird. Yeah, well, he's been doing the whole training montage this whole time. Well, yeah, that's true, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't really thought about so it. So like it's that, not one hundred percent, but I have a spooky beer deja vu. I can, mm-hmm. I have beer sense, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. Beer deja vu. Yeah. So we're gonna grab some beers. Oh. Yeah. No. No. Oh, try it again. No. Oh no no. Deja brew. Deja brew. Ah, deja oh, brew. Yeah. I should have done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, we had a workshop. Yeah, yeah. 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 Deja brew. We got yeah, that. Yeah. Well, we're gonna get some beers now, and we'll uh, we'll put this to the test. Spencer, what are you drinking? So from Brownie Davis again. This is one of the beers. How do you know that? Not the Death Chip. Well, see, he put uh, it's it's like a little quarter of a lemon sticky or note that he's taped to the bottle here with his name Brownie Davis, and then bought with a date. It looks like twelve twenty. I'm going to say seven, uh, two thousand nineteen. So Brownie, I, I appreciate not only the post-it note, not only the label, but the redundant scotch tape. The on tape top yeah. of the post. Mm-hmm. That is it's not the- a post-it note. That's the trick. Oh, it's just a little note. Like a little little piece it's of notepaper. I, I still yeah. I still support okay. that Very level good. of type A ness. Yeah, yeah. That is what this podcast is all about. Post a note that adhesive would not have lasted. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The the, yeah. the scotch tape was the right move. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, from Boom Island Brewing Company, this is the Hoodoo Double. A double. Uh, a bottle conditioned Belgian style ale. Looking forward to it. We typically typically like this style of beer. Yeah. Um, it also has a real category for me where it fits. So there's not a big range on these beers. Oh for wait, me. can I drink after you? Are you diseased or is just just your wife? Just my wife. Okay, just yeah. your wife. Just All just right. brandy. Right. I am one hundo healthy here and full of emergency. Mm-hmm. If I'm being completely honest. Yeah. Okay. He's sniffing it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to accept his claims <laughs> okay. of health because that's podcast trust. It's perplexing. That's well, what a podcast marriage is built I, off I want of. everyone to try it before I before I introduce something weird. The, was it introspective? Okay. Yeah, because it, it had a very particular taste. Ooh. 
And the particular taste is, so what I'm going to do, I want you all to try it without the particular taste in mind. Then I'm going to introduce the particular taste in into the conversation, and I want to see if you get where I'm coming from here. Are you mind hacking us? A little bit. Okay. <laughs> I don't think this is a bad beer. It's a three for me. Uh, yeah, I, it's, I, it's a double. Yeah, that's right. Um, it has the distinct taste of a can of peas, and that is that is very much what I taste, not on the front, but in the mid part of the drink. On the front, I get very much double. Then I get a can of peas. Good when, peas. When are you just horking down peas, bro? Oh, man. Growing up, loved me. Let's make some rice peel off. Let's just throw a can of peas in something. You know what Did I mean? Did you cook them, or was it like straight out the canned peas? Uh, I would microwave them, but I'll be honest with you. I have just eaten peas straight out of a can. What the fuck? Dude. I really like, I really like canned God peas. God damn. Yeah. Everything I learn is more... Can I retroactively call CPS? Like I'm, I'm. I'm uh, I just liked peas. I want to report. I'm a child, little on Caleb's side here. I want to report child abuse three decades ago. No, but he he chose this as a child. You can't <laughs> right. If the if the if a kid does something dumb, that's not child abuse. It's just a kid being dumb. I, I don't know. Every other time I've heard of kids eating peas raw out of a can, it's because they've been abandoned into a <laughs> no apartment like Truman Capote. No, I was doing it in a very nice kitchen. I just happened to really like canned peas. Um, and I get a distinct canned peas there. Now here's the thing: I happen to like canned peas, so this isn't bothering me. It's just a weird thing to taste in a beer. I've never had canned peas. The, I, I've rarely had the, peas. The image of young Spencer's sitting in front of a TV playing it, eating raw peas out of a can mm-hmm. with his hands is maybe the most terrifying thing Spinach, I've ever come up with. Spinach, broccoli, I'm fine with peas. I do not care for Spinach is a late ad for me. Broccoli, all in. I mean, spinach, it has to be prepared well. That's right. Like, yeah. I agree to that. There's well, You can fuck up spinach, but like... 100%. Well, I yeah. think I think we would we would agree that you could fuck up most foods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But like, I, peas I, are not good. I don't agree with the canned peas comment. Yeah. I think it tastes like a fine double. I agree peas, even though. less right. with the experience that has given you the ability right. to make that simile. Well, that's reasonable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, decent beer uh, and good can of beans, uh, peas. Um, it's just like a little just, fucking short story, <laughs> yeah. little autobio here. Yeah. Eating beans too, Rob? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. What are are you on the trail? Like, yeah. Yeah. even they had campfires. Honestly, it was like it was like the like an OG diet hack. You know what I no, mean? No, it's more like bunker life. You know, you've been trapped. It's like what that Brendan Fraser movie where he's trapped in the vault. Of- Blast that, from the past. That's yeah, it. Yeah. 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 yeah, you were raised in a fallout shelter. And yeah. look, things turned out okay for him. <laughs> you got the look down. Thank you. <laughs> um, we're into dissecting our fun where we talk about the board games. Uh, but in this instance, a uh, friend of the show, Ethan Fisette, suggests we answer the following. How do you think the growing popularity of board gaming has impacted RPGs so far? And how do you think it both could and should influence it in the future? Caleb? Here's what blows my mind about this and why I wanted to answer the question, even though it's kind of a non-answer. I think almost not at all, which blows my mind because the world of RPGs has affected board gaming so much, but I see almost no cross contamination with the exception of maybe war games, Mm -hmm. but like board game ideas, like outside of the war gaming space, stuff that existed in the eighties. Like I don't see a ton of it. Like the most I see is like dice mechanics, like some like, Hey, that dice pool's too many. Don't right. roll 80 at once right, and right. determine like some of the basic mechanical evolution I've seen over the year, but like the, the 
like Red Markets has a slight board game element in the negotiation mechanic right. because position matters on the board and indicates. And but I see almost none of that in your. It very much is either theater of the mind, right? Still or hex based wargaming, which existed since fucking HD Wells. So I think I and, and again I'm the I'm the RPG uh, illiterate here. So but Ro- you've, Ross Way and two, but, but you've played board games with hit points. Yeah, and yeah. the the you know strength stamina dexterity oh, wisdom 100%. intelligence like i the, obviously see it going one direction yeah and yeah. then you've played like uh stuff fables and like right. mice and mice Mystic and, and extremely narrative heavy games right. uh time stories. fucking time stories has time stories is an rpg with a board yeah yeah, yeah it's an rpg that gives you the character and that's it's, right. it's a pre-generated rpg scenario but i see almost nothing going back the other way except maybe like card resolution systems Here, here's where i think here's where i think maybe i disagree a little bit uh and Ross definitely way in here because you've played it. I think that long term we will see the net effect of Gloomhaven, for example, working the other direction. So I think that 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 from the casual board game position, Gloomhaven is entering because it it like Time Stories really simulates an RPG for you in a lot of ways. But it's got a board, you've got cards, all that stuff, predetermined choices of agency. That's yeah. exactly right. But but I think the trick here is at at its hest alone. I think that uh, Gloomhaven may be a, a, a way for board gamers to get into RPGs because it adds an air development. It adds a persistent or legacy style element. Uh, it adds character interaction, interaction, narrative resolution, level ups, classes, robust universe building that doesn't exist with a lot of other board games. And I don't think this is even true of all legacy games. So I do think that there is some other directional influence from some of these larger systems. I don't know. You've been playing it. Yeah. Yeah. Gloomhaven is very much... It's basically D and D, but the game, the combat is actually fun. Right, um, <laughs> and yeah. it is a published com- campaign with the the system built in. So, like character, it's like if you want to play D and D, just play Gloomhaven. Like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, right? Um, yeah. So, if we're talking about yeah, so. Are we talking about like board games influence RPGs or RPGs influence board games? Board right? games well, influencing RPGs. Said, uh, what do you think the growing popularity of board game yeah. has impacted RPGs? Right. And well, actually, thing. I can I can give specific examples uh, in other games. So right. of uh, uh, like cards, decks of cards in RPGs are becoming much more of a thing. Yeah, um, yeah that's that's the one thing I mentioned. Like, okay. Well, n- well, like cards and there stuff, was yeah. an edition of Warhammer mm-hmm. uh, Fantasy that came out that actually did have a board, I believe. Um and uh, specialized dice like with different faces and like de- decks of card to represent things like critical hits right and like narrative effects like uh there's a game Warhammer Wrath and Glory where there's these decks where you can pull out like e- everything is a narrative effect that comes up once per game right uh, and every character can hold that card in their hand um so there's also the but we're also uh, aside from st- traditional rpgs there's also indie storytelling games which get very boring yeah I, I would say quiet year like, quiet years one yeah mm-hmm. any of the map drawing stuff mm-hmm. might have a board game component but I, I i do argue that like the cross-pollination if we're talking about who steals more from what oh like, totally board gaming is consuming anything rpgs puts out mm-hmm. and rpgs is barely touching the board game feast right. in terms of mechanics 100 in terms of like you know, all sorts of influences. Mm-hmm. Also, one thing we learned with Party Foul is that there is not nearly as much cross pollination between the RPG and board game group right. for creators 
or for a lot of fans right. that yeah. I didn't expect in the past. Um, more than I, there are people who only play RPGs, right. like, well, sure. uh, and, uh, I, I know there are people who only play board games. I expected there to be more cross pollination. I did too. But there, there is not nearly as much. I find mm-hmm. that the person that engages in both pretty regularly yeah. is very rare as a role. I and it, it's kind of like what you said for RPG players. Like you don't realize that like two thirds of all RPG players play one system and never anything else again. And it's like, it's one of those like damning and terrifying statistics. Like the majority of people who go to a theater don't go to see a specific movie. They just Mm -hmm. go to see what's ever on the marquee, which to a person like me is like, are you describing hell? No, (laughs) that that can't be true, but it is true. Yeah. Um, And like, yeah, there, I I couldn't imagine only playing board games. I couldn't imagine only playing RPGs now that I've gotten into board games. Because um, I think they're just so great, and they should constantly be talking to each other. I think they're complementary, and, and it's weird to me that mm-hmm. like while they do talk to each other, it is very much a one-sided conversation. I thought like, for sure that board so, like, game is looking over at RPGs and seeing what they're doing on their tests, and RPGs does not know it's sitting next to anybody. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I thought for sure that there would be a um, like you remember uh, when you learn like the real nugget of the like gateway drug argument, right? That like marijuana isn't a gateway drug because this is what like your parents tell you, and you know, and your suburbs. It's just that people who are into hardcore drugs are also doing marijuana, it, and some people are just doing marijuana. It's <laughs> yeah. that it's that it's that the person you're going to buy your weed from probably also will sell you cocaine and yeah. mescaline. <laughs> yeah. So therefore, uh, I thought for sure when I went to Gen Con, bad metaphor. Uh, I thought for sure all these people in the same big fucking room, I would see tables that had RPG things and board game things. No, 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 no. <laughs> there are RPG vendors and there are board game vendors. Yeah. And there are people walking around not carrying RPGs and board games. There are people walking around carrying RPGs and there are people walking around carrying board games. And it is really stunning to me how few people I talk to, myself included, and I even dabble in an RPG here and there. Uh, who just never think about well because I do one therefore I should at least try the other like it's never yeah. even I, I mean I one, think creators have to be in the middle of the Venn diagram right because like board gamers are taking so much from RPGs mm-hmm. but I do think in terms of like marketing and economics and capitalism that people publish in one yeah yeah uh, like it's yeah, pretty rare right. to see well yeah. because uh, to get I mean they are very specialized niche markets but to gain some sort of recognition in one in right. one thing like even within rp even within board games if you're saying uh you're really good at doing you know dungeon crawling tactical combat then you right. go to the, you know uh cephalo fair games but you, if cephalo fair games came out with a uh game about railroads that was hyper realistic would you be like oh well they did gloomhaven so that's right. clearly so therefore yeah um <laughs> yeah. and yeah there there is this kind of hype and i think the main thing is all of these hobbies are extremely time consuming and right. uh and a fair amount of money well yeah. not i mean we can argue about the money but like it does take up a lot of time and mental energy to get into any one of them totally and most people don't want to make that effort after they get that one thing. They they there's this sort of like fear of wasting your time. Mm-hmm. You're like I've got this X amount of enjoyment from this thing. That yeah, I it's an, it's invest- an investment. Yeah. yeah, there's yeah. So I don't want to risk spending thirty t- ten hours, even ten hours, mm-hmm. to learn a new game and find out it's not as fun as the previous game I did. That's right. That's so, right. So um, and I, yeah. I mean, I have seen some like I guess Invisible Sun is pulling from the the board game market by offering a. 
absurdly expensive product. Well, there's, there's actually, a, I think Invisible Sun is sort of, um, that's Monty Cook fans more than anything else. Yeah. Um, but there's also, there is like, there's this new market of like luxury geek stuff. Yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. like, right. Can uh, Thorsten Veblen, like conspicuous consumption, um, kind of things. Cause like, you know, when I went to pack South recently, there were like six or more vendors all selling prestige dice that were like right. $80 right. to $300 and, and, a set. And I think when that goes to the RPG space, that is definitely coming from board games, at least in terms of who did yeah, it yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. Cause oh, like yeah. those, you know, fucking King of death Kickstarter, it's mm-hmm. $500 and comes in a baby coffin. Like right. yeah, that kind of stuff. <laughs> broken token. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, we're all guilty. Here. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? So, mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good question. I, I, I think you're right. I, I've definitely seen one, not the other. Pr- pretty, pretty, pretty <laughs> I, shockingly. I do think RPGs would benefit a lot if they would t- take mechanics from interesting board games and put them into the game. Hundred percent. Yeah. But like, yeah. Um, yeah, that's. I'm actually thinking about that for Ruin for a little bit. I'll, yeah, but anyways. Yeah. What if D and D just used Gloomhaven combat system? <laughs> Gloomhaven combat is so fun. I would play D and D a shit ton more. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. On that note, we're gonna grab more beer and we'll be right back with. Oh my god, it's a nerd splainer. Woo woo. Caleb, what, uh, what, what are you going to call that beer? Uh, this is from Brow Brothers Brewing Company. It's the Bon Craig. Love it. Uh, love peated that. Scotch Ale. Woodland confidence and bad accent confidence. Oh, we are full of both. Add it, to the, add it to the list. <laughs> yeah, uh, There's an umlaut over the A. Uh, so I just said, how would Brian Cox do it? Peated Scotch With Ale. With passion. Yeah. Which is what you did. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want Pete in my scotch, let alone Pete in my scotch ale beer. I just can't. You like imagine. peas, but not Pete. Yeah, I see how it is. Yeah. Totally. Story. Uh, yeah. We were watching the Golden Globes. Yeah. And uh, Brian Cox won something uh, for a show. Didn't watch. Didn't matter. Took my shirt off, wove around my head like a helicopter. Good for you. Big Brian Cox stand. That's wow. big. That's big Brian Cox energy. It Indeed. Yeah. BBCE. <laughs> Only could have been better if Brian Cox did that while going up to get his Golden my Globes. My God, yeah. he deserved that. Would have been universe cosmic. Um, you put smells. your nose in that a few times. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the Pete. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do like that he did a. Uh, no, no. Uh, uh, who am I thinking? No, Brian Blessed did the uh, GPS voice, but Brian Cox should do a, a GPS voice. Hundred percent. Yeah. Turn left. Exactly. <laughs> have you heard? Have you seen him on YouTube just pronouncing scotches? I have. Oh God, it's a good ten Speaking hours of, of that. YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll fall asleep to that. That is actually pretty good. I'd give that a four. Say the word Pete. You instantly went down to one expectations to me. Oh, so yeah. the fact that it's you defied uh, those expectations. The fact that it's a decent Scotch ale and a Scotch ale also makes me think like two. If you. You're fighting against those expectation numbers. I drink that. That that's is actually, solid. That's actually pretty good. That's pretty good. Thank I you. Like it, yeah, yeah. Uh, it does have a. It it has a uh, robust aftertaste. Yeah, is how I would describe it. It's there's a lot. It's in not there. a bad aftertaste. No, but it's there. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah. So that's the Bam Craig. You know how to spell it. Mm-hmm. Umla. Yeah. Uh, hey, this is your number two vote getter this week. It's a nerd splainer. Uh, and at the behest of Adrian B, she asks, we try to. She asks us to explain Twitch streaming to me because okay. I don't watch YouTube. That's the bit here. Now, here's the thing. I watch, well, at least used to, watch a lot of Twitch streams. But I am curious. Uh, so th- there was more to this question. Get in there. Adrian said, uh, 
why would he not watch this since he's so into reality TV? Right. And it's just people doing things. It is just people doing things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 100%. So and, apparently you do watch it, though. Uh, well, sure. So, I, the, again, this is not like I get on Twitch and I go, hey, what are people doing on Twitch? And then I'm going to pick a stream to watch. Uh, it's, it's not a guide thing for me. Rather, um, I kind of like got really into some Destiny streamers for a little while. And it, as you likely remember... I went through a period of time where I really wanted to get good, and I wanted to play Trials of Osiris. Yeah, it didn't pan out. No, not at all, <laughs> uh, because that is a different level of whatever that is, and I'm not—I'm just not going there. Yeah. Um, so I would watch on on Trials weekends. I would watch a lot of these streamers do like carries or like good three v three games or whatever. And so I got into Twitch streaming. I guess mostly what I got into was watching people play Destiny live. I don't know if the, therefore the platform or the the method mattered as much as because I would just easily yeah watch you them weren't doing the weird like emote crypto language in the comments no. or anything like that yeah, yeah. yeah I wasn't I wasn't actively participating mm-hmm. I, I like I didn't bother to learn the economies of Twitch or nor have I learned the economies of Mixer because there are many and they seem like just baffling to me trade this banana for a unicorn and you get a a, a pink dollar I don't know man but, okay great and now somebody's a millionaire I I didn't really do any of that stuff. But uh, yeah, I I, I did watch that actively more than I would, for example, say I spend time on YouTube. Certainly. 125% of that. But there's a difference there for me. Um... I would I would watch some I would watch a YouTube video of someone playing a video game to learn how to be better at a video game. That doesn't really bother me. But there's just something about the live of it that was like very interesting to me because Trials was a time-bound event and so hopping on and just being able to watch someone play Trials right now was kind of interesting. Um I'm pro streaming. Seems like Twitch shit the bed, so I guess Mixer better. I don't really know. I couldn't yeah. get into the politics of streaming anymore. Ross probably knows better than I do. Uh, I mean, part of it is just giant tech companies having to compete on every tech front because what's going to be the next thing, right. you know? Yeah. Um, a part of it is also t- Twitch was so dominant that they kind of took everything for granted. Yeah. And were like, why would we give our top streamers deals? Because where else are they going to go? I do want to circle yeah. back and to... Then they went- then they went then because they Microsoft, because yeah. Microsoft, for whatever you say, they are really dedicated to being into video games. Even though the Xbox is, boy, that X-Bone did not do, well. and uh, they 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 they're loyal to it. Really though. going for it. Microsoft yeah. is very much about after getting in on the office front and establishing a legal monopoly, being second place at everything. Basically, <laughs> if yeah. you're second place in every factor and first place in, it's really kind of Euro game mechanics yeah, for Microsoft. Right. Like, right. go all in on one thing and then step in hang late around. game. That's right. Hang <laughs> around. Just yeah. be there. Just, just hang there. around yeah. and then Basically, be there. Yeah. Showing up's half the battle. <laughs> uh, I do want to revisit some of this YouTube conversation a little bit. So when... when um, when we talked about my non-YouTube prowess some time ago, you were insistent that Dr. Pimple Popper was like one of the most interesting things on the internet. Got her own show now. Here I am at the gym the other day on an elliptical, and someone puts on TLC, Yeah, and wouldn't you fucking know All it, right. Dr. Pimple Popper Sus- comes on, and I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> I didn't see the, the title screen. I didn't know what the show was. But I'm on an elliptical, and I look up, and I almost vomited in the middle of a fucking gym. Because there's some woman getting something pulled out of her eyelid that she describes Downward as... Downward pour of wieners? Buttery and milky, yeah. is how she describes it. Yeah, you gotta it. describe what's inside of it. Stop. Mashed potatoes are the, is the best. Oh my god. <laughs> now you've ruined mashed potatoes, you son of a bitch. 
Uh, so, anyways, thanks for that, giving me a Dr. Pill mm-hmm. Pomper, p- Pimple Popper language, because that was, that was truly horrifying. Yeah. Twitch streams I'm into, though. I'll fucking watch a stream. Ross, it feels like you would definitely, you, you watch streams of things. Uh, occasionally, not all the time. Payday? Um, are you, do you stream well, yourself I watch, playing Payday? I watch more YouTube videos of things. Y- you, you first exposed me to something akin to Twitch. With, uh-huh. I don't know if they're on Twitch now, or, uh-huh. or but Salty Bet? Oh, Salty Bed is on Twitch, yeah. Yeah, that was my first exposure. Salty Bed would be, is a really good thing to watch, like, because it has good music. Salty Bed, by the way, is uh, the technically a game, multiplayer game p- played by everybody who's watching it who wants to. You have to register on a website so it can save. So all you do is place bets on two AI-controlled fighting characters. And the thing is, here's the thing. They're not just, like, official, like, Street Fighter characters or whatever. Anyone can make a character for this game and create <laughs> their own AI for it. <laughs> And they don't give a shit about copyright law. So you have or like, balance. Yeah. Or anything. So you have tiny anime girls fighting Homer Simpson, uh, <laughs> who or King or, or, or Bobby Hill. Uh, and Bobby Hill's attack will say, That's not my purse, that's not my purse. you know. <laughs> and he and he's fighting and he's kicking Goku in the balls and it's But there's a whole there's yeah. a whole fucking meta for it. Yeah. Like there's like there's like superstitions, like always bet waifu. Always bet waifu. Like yeah. uh yeah, like there's it's got a, it's got its whole language, like yeah, that that was the first time I was like, oh man, yeah, I am into this fucking bananas, crazy <laughs> man. Because like the first time I watched it, we watched it as a group, and it just became like a cockfight that was oh, legal. Sure. <laughs> we were just sitting around your TV with like money, and I I found one of those little Las Vegas visor caps that just appeared, <laughs> and we were all like throwing like putting yeah, money so on you the bet, table. Like, you bet on either fighter one or fighter two, red or blue, and that and then like. If you lose all your money, you get you get a certain couple extra, you know, fake fun bucks to, right. to bet against to start over. And most of these characters, by the way, are badly programmed. And they're not very well balanced. The characters are glitching out. It's it's very some of them yeah, are so fun. big they take up the entire screen. Yeah, yeah Thomas the Tank Engine, he's a big boy. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I'd it's, watch Salty Bet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Salty Bet is very good. So like, uh, but one of the appeals, of, but like Twitch plays Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twitch plays Pokemon. It's, the the fucking memes and the social experimentation of that. Was, you're aware of that, right? Like no. I had to follow it. You've never heard of Twitch plays Pokemon? No. So Twitch plays Pokemon was this experiment a couple years ago where somebody basically programmed the. Um, emulated the Game Boy Pokemon games to where every control was up to a community bo- vote. And so it was like, <laughs> people in chat would be going up, 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 A, A, down, left, B. And they just left it running 24-7. <laughs> and it, it it basically became, can they eventually beat them, beat the games? And they did. And because uh, there were people trying to like sabotage the games, there were whole factions. And, yeah, like, just like check yeah. the fossil. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, there, checking there, an item, looking at an item for over and over there, and over. There were again. people yeah. who who tried yeah. to like constantly gerrymander and spam the check that item mm-hmm. vote. Um, but so that, well, I mean, that's the that's the appeal of Twitch is the community. It's not the right. the con- It's it's a, it's a combination of things, but like communicating with the 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 streamer and. Uh, the community itself, and uh, and of course the, the the massive ones that are anarchy are just too fast to fall. But if you go to a smaller one, you can actually talk to the streamer. You, sure, it, it's a very sort of like parasocial thing, kind of like what we a little bit like we do on the Discord, the right. Nexus Discord, but like um, on a lot, you know, it's a live thing. Yeah. There's so. also like a parasocial element, like anything in, mm-hmm. in modern tech things, and I, I don't really go in for that a lot, but I, I have my own thing. So like for instance, the only way I've been able to watch the debates for the Democratic primaries is uh, on the screen for the television, then uh, one screen, 
I, I literally break out a tablet and a, and a computer for this. One screen just scrolling Twitter to look at people make fun of it. And then I have to have Chapo live stream watching it in the background. It's the only thing that makes it sufferable, like, because it's just so yeah. fucking awful. And, like, I, I feel like I have to listen to these people because, you know, it's the country going down the drain. But, like, I, I can only do it when, like, Felix Biederman says that Amy Klobuchar is dressed like a JoJo character. <laughs> 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 it's the only thing yeah. the only thing gets me through it. Right, like, yeah. so, so there's there's... Like, oh, I can watch this terrible thing with my friends who are also going to understand mm-hmm. why it's awful. Yeah, and like, I get so that. there's a parasocial kind sure. of element of that, yeah. even though I'm not going to invite all you guys to come over to watch the Democratic thank primary. You. Thank you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Thank you for so. not doing that. I would have to come up with an inconvenient <clears throat> excuse to not be rude. So Twitch is Twitch is great because like yeah, you can learn how to get good at Destiny if if you're really into the gaming side of it. But right. if you're not in the gaming side, as just raw social experiment. And um, just the parasocial element of it, I think. Yeah, that's and another weird. way to get good at a video game is if you're watching a pro gamer. If it's not too busy, you could ask like, "Hey, how'd you right. do that?" Totally. Well, yeah, like, how do you do this? And right. you know that. Yeah, so just get some pro tips in real time. It was the, super helpful, and I never won a competitive. The game, one so time yeah. I streamed a game on Twitch, like, was when we did Party Foul. Like, oh, it's yeah. very, you get to answer questions like when they pop up in the feed. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that's you know, it's instant gratification rather than like we do a podcast and right. post in yeah. three weeks. That's right. Or or. Six months. Yeah. Who can know anymore? (laughs) Anyway, thanks, Adrian. Yeah. Uh, We're going to grab more beer, and we'll be right back for a uh, fire sale. Hey, what are you drinking? Uh, This is from Nightmare Brewing. This is a beer that you bought based solely on the can, which is going to just drive Ross nuts. Just to be clear, one of many. Right. Yeah. It's called Flayed. Wow. This is a very heavy metal album which, cover. Which, uh, yeah, I, I didn't get to it in this episode, but we also need to do a uh, getting lit over Alpha King. Oh, yeah. Graphic, the novel graphic novel produced by Three Floyds that Max... Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that crazy? I, I didn't have a chance to bring it. I'm not going to bring it unless you can see the bananas crazy ass shit in see, it. See, this is what we could live stream. Let's yeah. Do it. Oh, no. no I don't want it to be. I don't want to put more of the images out into the world. <laughs> it's, it's very bad. Very cursed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is the flayed, and it is a, and I'm not fucking joking, an imperial oat India pale ale. Wow. I don't like Beloved any of those by horses. together. Yeah. Oat. In, in, wow. I didn't know they did that. Oat. Oat. Wilford Brimley's behind this, let's I can get tell. It, yeah, let's, let's make a brand beer. <laughs> Keeps your oh. regular. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. If oat was something that was good for beer, they would have figured that out by like the Middle Ages. Like We would know. <laughs> there would be... There, I mean, there were many oat beers and brand... There, Basically, there was every kind of beer until people realized, oh, it doesn't have to be shitty <laughs> because we could import yeah. better things. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, so the front of that, you're going to go, oh, that's better than I thought it was going to be. And yeah. it is. And then it keeps going. Oh, and no. it gets to that like sweet, syrupy, kind of like empty hoppiness. There it is. <laughs> yep. Man, wow. like it almost cleared it. And then yeah. it was like, yeah. Oops. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, it's like Chariots of Fire were playing. They were doing the hurdles. They Tripped. really cleared it. Ooh. And then it just, they just fell straight right. down. Like the arc ended and it was just right on the balls. Yeah, it was a Wile e. Coyote running <laughs> off a cliff type scenario. Because like the front is good. I was like, oh, this is kind yeah. of good. Oh yeah. my God, what's that? Yeah, that yep. it, it the oat really ramps up the sh- already shitty aftertaste yeah. of yeah. an IPA yeah. to 
new levels of shitty. So that's a two. Yeah. Uh, based solely on the aftertaste. Without the aftertaste, that's a three. Maybe pushing a four. It was yeah. kind of good. Yeah. And then it hung around. Yeah. It just overstayed. It's still there. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I didn't know taste could solely solidify on my uvula. Yeah. But it has happened. <laughs> like hanging there. Just feels very up at the top of my throat. Grasping for life. Ah. Hey, we're into a fire sale. Uh, since I refuse to get my computer out while we record anymore, it's easier for you to read questions. So I will let you determine the method by which we dole out questions for a fire sale. All right. Um, you will be thing one. Okay. And you will be thing two. Awesome. What are you then? Thing Thanks. zero? I am the cat in the hat. Okay. 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 All right. Here we go. Uh, that's how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Also, my, my computer is cooled by Lambic. So, yeah. <laughs> well, mine was technically full of Lambic, so it's kind of the same thing. All right. Uh, thing one. Mm. Greg Bennett asks, what's your favorite place in your house and why? Um, my living room, uh, when it's clean, and uh, it is just, uh, it's very peaceful and long, and we have a lot of big windows, and so you can see out into our neighborhood, particularly my, my living room while it snows. Very peaceful for me, very quiet, mm. very idyllic. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the question, nice. Greg. Thing two, mm-hmm. Adrian B. asks... What's an adjacent hobby you haven't gotten into but might enjoy, and what's stopping you? For example, Warhammer and the Cost, miniature painting and motor control, whatever. Ross, say anime. No, I mean, I watch anime. It does not really super well. Don't. If only someone had warned you about that vociferously for Um, minutes. (laughs) I'm not going to lie, model trains, because I like building Warhammer, uh, Wargame terrain, and I like that building dioramas in, like, 3D environments. Uh... But I need a massive amount of space, and I don't know anything about trains. I would fuck with a model train. If if I could make trains that were like like post apocalyptic hell trains, and like make a really cool like, snowpiercer. Yeah, yeah, very snow. Pe- oh god, a snowpiercer train set. Yeah, that'd be pretty baller. Just want to do a public service announcement to yeah. Maddie marrying a train guy. <laughs> I just said I'm not a train guy. I don't know anything about trains. Mm-hmm. Yet. Caveat. Marrying a potential train guy. <laughs> Wannabe train guy. Could you add a, like a klaxon sound effect? Some sort of uh, very urgent alarm? All right. This, or... uh, this episode's getting edited then. <laughs> hey, all right. Uh, all right. Okay, cool. Uh, thing one. Joey Rogers, who spelled his name phonetically. So Thanks, Joey. Thanks, Joey. Uh, I've just literally had a whole month of people recommending Concordia to me, but I bounced off the game hard after an aversive first experience. Do you guys recover from bad first plays? And if so, how? Alternatively, can you resell me on Concordia knowing that I've heard the hype and it didn't work on me? Uh, Can I recover from bad first play? Probably. Have I? Uh, Not too many of them. Uh, I will. I will fully admit you almost threw Spirit Island out of a window. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I did, uh, and and played it two more times just to make sure I hated it. <laughs> yeah, jury's in, guys. Um, I will fully admit that one of the benefits of hanging around gamers is that they can teach you games. And for me, the learning experience is very important uh, because it's kind of part of the the bit. So a bad learning experience or a bad first experience is hard for me to overcome. I have done it with a few things, but it's definitely difficult. As for selling you on Concordia, uh, look, if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. And I don't think you should feel compelled to go play it. There are plenty of games that I think that people have told me I should like and I just can't fucking get behind. So no judgment there. I will tell you it is one of my five favorite games of all time. And the, the thing that is very interesting to me about Concordia, for what it's worth, you had a bad first play you probably didn't even really get to explore the nuance of this the interesting thing about concordia is about hand compilation as it relates to the kinds of gods you're going to try to appease in your scoring round so all of the nuts and bolts moving on the board
board, making decisions about where to set up, etc. All that stuff is interesting and important because it's how you move the game and develop an economy. But it's intentionally slow. That's and right. Ponderous. That's exactly right. Uh, whereas the the card is like, oh, I just got fifty points. That's right. Because I got that card. That's exactly right. Yeah. And so uh, losing the forest for the trees on building a hand that allows you to score well uh, is the quickest way to be bad at Concordia. All right, uh, Cat in the Hat. Uh, Jacob Derby asks, what is your favorite came and went movie that generated a lot of hype the year of its release and then completely fell off the face of the earth? Uh, for me, came and went movies that like people get excited about uh, and then they disappear instantly is probably anything by Shane Black. Yeah. Like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And I still have a special place in my heart for the long kiss goodnight. I yeah. couldn't tell you why. Like they're not good. Films. Couldn't tell you either. <laughs> but like uh, there's some part of me that it just is hardwired for the 80s stupid action sure. ethos yeah yeah um yeah uh turtle asks uh thing two uh how do you deal with someone who thinks a disability is just an excuse for not trying hard enough ig needing space due to autistic overstimulation, or somebody like you just don't want to do x uh teach that person empathy basically like i mean i don't know what to tell you but you should care about other people and like yeah they're ex- because yeah. I had the opposite reaction, which yeah. is to tell that person to fuck off. I yeah, mean, yeah, my, my yeah. answer would have been unless you're if your disability allows you to punch someone. Yeah, do that. Uh, but yours are and, the, probably, and then tell them to deal with it. Yours are probably more helpful. Yeah, yeah. You just didn't want to not be punched. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, so thing one, Scott Henderson asks: Laugh tracks in TV shows turn me off from shows I would want to enjoy myself. For those that like it, why is it an artifact of a bygone area or reliving social pressures pressure to laugh at the show? Are they just one step away from living in a Black Mirror episode? Well, everything's one step away from that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of a non-unique <laughs> uh, question about Black Mirror. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't necessarily mind a laugh track. Uh, I do think that they are reminiscent of a bygone era. I don't know that it's a bad thing. S- sitcom is a genre, and uh, four-camera sitcom, etc., th- those things all have their generic elements, and I think that a laugh track is part of those. It creates the feel of the thing you're trying to generate. And so in that way... I don't think they're bad and, and they don't bother me. I think that they're as much a part of the bit as the actor or the actress, whatever. I mean, I just think that's part of the deal. There. Yeah. The medium is the message and that's, you have to deal with the historical origin of the medium. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. Having, yeah. having said that uh, laugh tracks used to cue to me that something was supposed to be funny. That's annoying. Don't yeah. do that. Yeah. Uh, hat cat. James Burns asks, if you know a beer is a one, why do you take a second mouthful? Do you think it will magically change on the second attempt? Um, that's mainly because we're bad at storing beer, James. And sometimes uh, it separates uh, if we have it there too long. And it can get better on the second attempt. It definitely Though can. Though rarely. Um, also, uh, we don't cleanse our palates at all and eat peanut butter cookies in between takes, if not club crackers. So <laughs> that's exactly right. uh, I, I haven't passed my Cicerone test yet, but I'm fairly certain they don't recommend that. So Who can it's know? mainly because we're bad at our jobs. Um, <laughs> I own that. Uh, thing two. Yeah. Brownie asks, "What kinds of beers go well with spicy foods?" What kind of beers goes well? Um, I have an answer, but you eat more spicy food than I do. Yeah, I do. Uh, but for beers, I would say probably a lot of them. I, I would recommend like a sweet beer, like or maybe even like a cider. A lot of times, like the spicy and sweet uh, combination. Oddly enough, I go bitter. Yeah, I, IPAs. Yeah, yeah, I go IPAs for neutralizing. Yeah. IP yeah. or Belgians. Something I was thinking yeah. something to enhance the taste. Like, yeah. like uh, I'm thinking again back to that uh, uh, lemon, lemon basil uh, cider so plus the. Uh, oh, man. That yeah. was a crazy beer cocktail. Yeah. Chili beer. That was so good. Yeah. Uh, they want. Uh, Hit me. Max asks, what is one flavor of beer you would like to see more breweries do with see more of? 
Uh, God, that's a good question. Um, Mine's obviously going to be blueberry. I've answered right. this before. But what's yours? Uh, actually, yeah. So this uh, fucking forehands uh, re-released their uh, the uh, absence of light peanut butter chocolate mm-hmm. milk stout or whatever. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, I brought one over a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You and I split it. And uh, I think I don't I don't see peanut butter done a lot. Uh, I would like to see more peanut butter based beers where the peanut butter is kind of featured. Yeah. I Ooh. like that flavor in yeah. stouts. I think that the nut is a nice compliment, but a mm-hmm. little sweetness mm-hmm. to it to a stout. And typically we see nuts kind of included in other types of ales, but I think peanut butter is a really, really fucking good accent there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friedrich asked, what's the most interesting thing you have written off as a tax break because of the work podcast freelancing? I'll go with that. It's every zombie dust I drank at last Gen Con. Holla. <laughs> I was I wanted to be really sure I gave it a five. That's and right. after, as I now know, twenty-six of them, I can say definitively it is a five. But you had to you, because you needed that to evaluate whether the bottled or on tap is different. That's right. Yeah. It's essential for the operation of exactly. my business, as yeah. I said. That's yeah. Exactly right. <clears throat> Chris Reed asked group. if you had a patron saint, what would it be or who would you want it to be? thing too uh like an actual saint or um oh what who's the saint of lost causes i feel like that's that's <laughs> being a fan of vaporwave i feel like that's me yeah okay I'll, yeah you can look that up uh, you're, I, you're a producer yeah uh, you know how to do those things uh this one's for cat in the hat uh dan dag no it's not dan it's dag god he spelled in the international phonetic alphabet and i didn't do it oh yeah i have no idea no no yarner y- uh, Bjarnar, sorry, Dag. Um, Caleb, so far you've established yourself an RPG and board game writer, designer par excellence. Thank you, Dag. That's very kind. Uh, But have you ever dreamed of working on a video game? Uh, What kind of game would you want to design or write for? Alternatively, what kind of design philosophy would you use to approach creating a perfect video game? Dag, um, I talked to Dennis Detweiler too much to ever want to create a video game. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, And furthermore, I'm trying to do an app-assisted RPG right now, and it is just crickets when i'm trying to ask people to help me for it uh so uh, probably not um there won't be a red markets game coming anytime soon uh unless some rich person decides to throw away a bunch of money in which case i will be that trash can yeah uh but uh that's the only situation i did find the uh the saint is jude the apostles uh and he is the uh, saint of Armenia, lost causes, desperate and desperate situations. Oh, that uh, all sounds right. Yeah. So no, I feel like that's Mick very Six umbra. official podcast of Saint Jude. Got it. All right. <laughs> so uh, that was a fire sale. Thank you, everybody. On to the next beer. Caleb, what's that beer? This is from the Lexington Brewing Company, the Kentucky Vanilla Barrel Cream Ale. Cream ales just typically don't do it for me. They they don't. They put ale in the yellow font, and the basic banner of it is yellow, so I missed ale initially. Oh yeah, that makes sense. <coughs> that yeah, was that's, a, un, that's illegible, unlegible, yeah, illegible. That was a uh, that not was a, legible. So a one on graphic design choice. Well, a two. We've seen worse graphic design. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Flay holds right there. Flay. <laughs> Whatever, Flay's great. Flay, yeah. I walked it on a shelf. I saw that. It went in the cart. Yeah. From a marketing perspective, I don't. How many beer drinkers <laughs> drink ironically, though? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. Not, <laughs> yeah. We're definitely in that yeah. group. Uh, anyway, I'm going to drink this cream ale. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, yellow with cream. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, I've just never had one that I liked. Uh, the one that that weird thing we got uh, as part of that mix, that blend, mm-hmm. that was kind of like a. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But Ooh. that had the ghost peppers in it. Right. Didn't that's it? right. Yeah. Caleb, not happy. <sighs> I think you're going to describe this the exact same way I'm going to describe it. All right. So I want you to drink. Let's it see first. what happens. Five point five percent. Yeah, it's pretty strong for a cream ale. Yeah. Five point five is almost beer levels. <laughs> I like your jerk of the head, like right there, like um, like a bad ass uh, end of a root beer float. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but that's a exactly. bad one. But a bad one, like like, ass- like bad synthetic vanilla. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then mm. flat. Yeah, uh huh. Ass end of a root beer float. That's exactly that's right. Like a not like a good you one. dumped in a bunch of vanilla oil and whatever you're cooking. Yeah, you, like you you didn't is. you didn't. You it's didn't. like the last. It's like you've eaten the ice cream. It's the last scoop where it should be pure vanilla ice cream right. with, uh, and then it's not good. You didn't spring for good ice cream. Yeah. And you didn't have any barks. Mm-hmm. So you're using, like, always save root beer, mm-hmm. and you've got something approximate to homemade vanilla ice cream, which oh, never yeah. tastes very good. And it's that. Yeah, it's like a root beer float they gave you out of the Schwann's truck. It's a two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. That's also, exactly right. kind of matches the yellow of a Schwann's truck, only... It's still too vibrant. <laughs> Schwann's truck is still easier to read uh, than that, that bottle of yeah. beer. Hey, what are we talking about? Uh, this was your number one vote getter. It's the Honorable Judge Producer Ross. Gavel noise. All right, I'll add that in post. Don't Just don't lie to me. <laughs> None <laughs> of us get anywhere for that. Maybe spite is what ne- I need All right, to motivate. Friedrich that. demands settle the Star Wars versus Star Trek dispute in the Honorable Judge Producer Ross. Here's the thing. Um, it was the number one vote getter. Right. I really don't want to talk about that. Do you have a dog in this hunt? No, I don't. But here's the thing. I figured we're three weak, we're three white guys in 2020 doing a podcast. Let's just lean in. Let's just do the most three Argue about Star Wars. bearded white guy podcast thing. <laughs> let's just stop trying to pretend we're something we're not. Wow. And, and let's just go with the flow of the river of time. Just go limp. Wow. Just go limp and let it take. Lean into it. <laughs> Um, I don't know that I have a dog in this hunt. Well, you're you're Star Wars. Uh, you're the Star Wars guy of among any of us. Sure, of the three of us, and, relatively. And th- that is like you've been to church once, and therefore you're that's right, Catholic. That's like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree yeah, with that. Like, because here's the thing: I am uh, expressly expressly pro Star Wars. I talk about Star Wars a lot. I've told you all about the numerous times I've created Star Wars films. I'm in the bag for Star Wars things. Having said that. I'm pretty in the bag for Star Trek things. So I grew up watching OG Star Trek and TNG. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'll say it right now. I think the Abrams remake, the, the Abrams reboot stuff was all really good. And I don't fucking care. I enjoyed every one of those fucking films. Yeah. And yes, you can argue about the logic of, well, what happened when I don't give a fuck. It's me, Star Trek. Me film. too. Yeah. Me too. yeah. You don't get to. Okay. You, you know my thoughts. on this. I, I, it's, I've screamed them at you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was over one argument I had with you were just the stupidest <laughs> one. Yes. No. Right. It's not. The <laughs> I had way stupider arguments. Yes. <laughs> to be clear. Sir. Stupider <laughs> arguments exist. So I am I am interested. So I'll say this. If you had to pick one and the other goes away, right? Desert Desert Island nerd fodder. You only get to keep one. Yeah. Uh, I keep Star Wars. I, I'll, I'll say that. I keep Star Wars, not Star Trek. I do the opposite. Yeah. So there, there's the debate right okay. there. Yeah, totally. Right. And and I I think an argument for Star Trek is frankly the the breadth of its universe. Well, don't start off making my argument for me. That's not well, but but but, but I don't. I, I'm almost not interested in Star Trek or Star Wars. I'm willing to do this, whatever. It's part of the bit. What I am interested Go in. Limp. Right. No, I know. What I what <laughs> I am interested in you. is which one we think has had a more pr- more profound and or larger impact on 
media, pop culture generally. I do think that is a debate worth having. I think that's an interesting okay, conversation. Okay, we can do that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think there are good arguments to be made for both. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone care to make any of those arguments? I can. Okay, jump in there. Uh, so amongst actual scientists, right? and I think this is statistically provable, there are more Star Trek fans. Um, there is also a larger breadth of technology inspired explicitly by Star Trek. Sure. Um, and uh, it has in- developed more actual scientific advancement right. than, say, uh, Star Wars. Furthermore, well, it's actual science fiction. Star Wars is a fantasy. Right. That's right. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Uh, but if we're talking about cultural impact, I mm-hmm. think, you know, inventing something actually practical right. as a result of it yeah, yeah, yeah. is good. Uh, and I, I am going to, as the communist amongst the group, say that that is more value than just generating capital off Jar Jar Binks plushies. Uh, so <laughs> Jar Jar played his part, man. <laughs> yes, he was the von Hindenburg of the Wehrmacht Republic before wow. he then gave Nazi powers <laughs> Deep to cut, an man. Wow. Uh, look, if you're going to defend Jar Jar's political acumen, you're not going to win here. Yeah. Uh, secondly, if you're going to defend Jar Jar, you're not going to win here. <laughs> secondly, uh, I think culturally it's made a more um, lasting impact, not because of the capital and economy of it, but because it's by leaps and bounds more progressive than Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars continually perpetuates the one true bloodline. Ra- I mean, that is basically the last movie. He, she's Ray Nixon, Ray Palpatine, <laughs> or whatever the fucking her name is. Uh, so... It is very much the one true bud line, chosen one narrative, whereas the you know socialist post-scarcity utopia of Star Trek certainly isn't perfect because it is made in a time that is not that. Like it, it is like you know when Martin Luther King Jr. on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, as we record this, weighs in on the casting choices of the original series. I'm gonna argue that that has more cultural significance than you know wow wow bing bing bing. Pew, 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 pew sounds. Yeah. So that's my Star Trek argument. To be fair, he wasn't alive for the casting decisions of the second one. So just, just for what it's worth, he could not have weighed I said the original. If, like, if yeah. he weighed in on the Star Wars casting choices, shit got weird, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, the thing is, like, I generally think everything that you're saying is true. Um, and yet, there's still some part of me, and I don't know where it is in my body. I don't know if it's my gut. I don't know if it's in my brain. That thinks, yeah. Debate every- kid who's on the opposite side. Right. So we'll fight to the death before yeah. admitting Ryan. Okay, I Just got Just lean yeah. in, man. Uh, man, you would have been a great gladiator. As uh, long as they were using like words instead right. of tridents and that weird net thing. Yeah. Which <laughs> seemed unreasonable. Um, I, I agree with what you're saying, that those things seem to be true. Uh, and yet I, I still think that just a broad view of all of this suggests that there may not be a single media enterprise that has had a more profound and or lasting effect on our popular culture than Star Wars. I mean, I can agree with all of the specifics of of what you've identified here. I think you're probably spot on about science, the nature of science, inspiring scientists, driving forward public conversations about who can do what. Uh, And also, uh, I think that a more general view of popular culture as a category is overwhelmingly more uh, Star Wars based than Star Trek based. I mean, I just think that's the nature of the bit here. Um, I, I don't. I don't know that there's. I don't know that one needs to cite a bunch of evidence to say, well, yeah, but Star Wars is Star Wars, man. I mean, at the end of the day, Disney built a whole fucking. They built it. 
I don't disagree with you either. Right. But then we're having an argument about what like contribution and impact is. Because like, sure, I think the impact of Star Wars is deliritous. Like, right. it is like the impact a bomb has on a town. Yeah. <laughs> like, the town's history does not increase; it is deleted. And like, while the scars remain there, like, are why we are while Star Wars has changed entirely the world in which Kramer versus Kramer was the best selling blockbuster movie in the year before it like while while that word is in inexorably altered sure i wouldn't argue that it has progressed or been added to does that make sense yeah i don't know that it's true though uh politically you're probably right uh and and that's important uh what star wars requires and, and maybe this is less an argument about star wars and instead more an argument about the effect star wars had on the development of film technology how we see things in 2020 how how we watch movies is intimately tied to a star wars past uh our ability to see interesting stuff to hear things to hear dolby things and thx things to see space fights and the the ritual of film is yeah, determined by star wars it, okay. it, it is and and Our theatrical film in that regard. and and so in in that way while i think you're right that star trek has had profound impact on these things and and really and i believe this i mean this part of my dissertation you know worth kind of reading people musing on the evolutionary effect of star wars on our on our being right that that in in 1960 seeing technology as a benevolent assistant and what that caused a bunch of people to go do in their mm, professional lives yeah. was valuable and and you know meaningful but i also think the way we interact with media is valuable and meaningful and i think star wars has had a profound and more profound effect on that than star trek has maybe the most profound effect on that than any other media media enterprise in history yeah and i think that's something too well, due to budget cuts at the uh, state courthouse, right. our our court is actually being held in a podcast, which has hey. limited segments. So um, we've been trapped in discovery and, yeah. and initial motions actually, for at least 20 years at this point. I, so I, it's time I to have, get a ruling. I have one question for Spencer, though. Yeah. Um, I would argue, of course, that Star Wars has uh, led to the... Well, it did lead to the whole thing of merchandising being a dominant movie revenue stream, which... Sure. Do you think that that's a positive? I don't think it's necessarily a negative. Okay. Yeah. Um, right. And to be clear, we didn't frame the debate as positive. Right. Yeah, we framed yeah. it as impact. Yeah. Yeah. But bomb impact is a way okay, to talk yeah. about it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Merchandising. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> Creators I, are impactful. Right. Well. Okay. We, we could. We could certainly provide some valence on good or bad yeah. for texture, but but but. Uh, but in terms of effect, I yeah. think that merchandising expands the size of the crater. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, exponentially uh, almost. Yeah. yeah. Um, if yeah, okay. So if it's just impact, I would have to give it to Star Wars. It, if it was positive, I would actually yeah. give it to Star Trek. Yeah, I, I think I tend to agree on that. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, I am fine with that ruling because I don't care about this question whatsoever. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> but as I've said before, I've gone limp, and so. In the next segment, we shall continue to drift down the stream. Of yeah, it's stream. weird. When you slice a meaningless pie, you just get smaller pieces of meaningless. So There are, f- are, there, there are four beers. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Very good. Right. <laughs> 
Spencer, what are you drinking? So this is from Sierra Nevada Brewing, and I think it's in combination uh, with with their their breweries out of California and North Carolina. I think that's part of the bit here. That's why they built the pipelines. That's right. This is Life and Limb, and it's the third iteration of Life and Limb, apparently. So as you know, we like when a, a, a can has a story. This is an ale brewed with maple syrup and birch syrup. So... Uh, here's the story. We are proud to share our third version of Life and Limb with its thousands of other branches that collectively comprise the craft brewing family tree. Sip slowly with friends and loved ones and savor long because one could do better than be a swigger of birches. Producer Ross and I will leave. Yeah, that, that, that <laughs> it's, I, the can also the design is very, I, I don't want to say floor, but it's very like lush. It's got like this tree on it. It's got. It's it, a collaboration between Sierra yeah. Nevada and Dogfish Head. Oh, wow. wow. Interesting. Okay. So anyways. This so is sort a, of like a, like a sort of a piece, like a treaty beer. It's kind of a pastoral theme. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like trying wish, to make you I think. I wish Burke was here so he could drink birch. <laughs> Burke and, Burke, Burke, and birch. birch. Burke and Birch. That sounds like a cop show. New new cocktail idea. Yeah, yeah. A Birken Birch. Yeah, tell t- you need somebody needs to get on Discord and tell him <laughs> that right now before I get too drunk to forget. That's good. Is uh, it? It's a, it's a little it's a little overly sweet, but not as I expected. And honestly, it's viscous. It's thick enough to not. If it were a thinner beer, it would be overly sweet. Uh, it is thick enough to to stand up to the syrup, the the maple. Yeah. Uh, I, that's probably a four for me. I'd probably go three, but yeah, I'm okay with a yeah, four. Yeah, yeah. Um. Here's what's very interesting to me. It's sweet on the drink, but the back is not sweet at all. It just tastes like a good ale on the back. It could actually be thicker. Interesting, yeah. It could actually be thicker for me. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Where I'm sure. At. Yeah. But but a thinner beer here does not hold up to that amount of heft. It, it, it yeah. would taste like garbage. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. Uh, yeah, and I don't think you're going to get a thicker beer from Dogfish Head. It, it um, would taste artificial like the thing you're drinking. Yes, um, <laughs> which I'm drinking anyway because it, it, it has been a long time. It is an interesting Aww. point. Of, it is an interesting is point of distinction yeah, yeah. that that tastes artificial sweet. This does not taste artificially sweet. Yeah, it it's just sweet. Sweet yeah. from the things that are used to sweeten it. Yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, hey, we're into beer five, uh, which means we've got two segments left. This one is a living with humans. Scott Henderson wants to know our most awkward roommate stories. Oh, man. I got plenty. Can we? I'm worried that some of our former roommates still listen to this. I got none of them. Anyway, okay. <laughs> My first roommate was... Uh, he was he was attending suitcase university, which is what I call it, which means you go to a four year university, but you really wanted to go to a community college, and you went home every fucking weekend for food because you didn't need the dining hall, for laundry because you didn't do laundry there, and for companionship because you didn't talk to any of the girls on campus if you were heterosexual, any of the boys on campus if you were homosexual, or do any kind of socializing in any way non romantically. So. Um, he was a cross country star at his school, so he ate one banana a day. No, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. What is it about the being a freshman in college causes so many people to go fucking insane? (laughs) They just lose their goddamn minds and break down. He ate one banana a day. God. He never wore shoes. He ran like 10 miles a day, like minimum. He had the stinkiest feet any of us have ever discovered in humans. Um, the one thing we did to bond was like, a couch would really throw this room together. And we're like, how are we going to do that? And we're like, what if we took this and moved this over here? And we rearranged our room. We bought a DAV couch. Our room became the hangout place. It was great. He was never there to hang out because he was always at home visiting his girlfriend. Also great. Dropped out after a semester. Had a private room. 
Damn, oh, that's, that's a the win. good. That's a good roommate. That, that yeah. worked out well. That yeah. three months was worth it. He, yeah, he it fell on his sword. Hey, here's the thing. Not that bad. Yeah. As as roommates go, it totally. goes way worse. Yeah, yeah. Love that dude. Called him Stinger. He was awesome. He came back. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was real awkward. My first roommate experience. My second roommate, I wasn't supposed to have one because I became an RA, and that's one of the yeah the literal only job perks of that job. Yeah, uh, very into uh, historical reenactment. This is before boffer sorting, when you just kind of walked around dressed as a knight. Um, oh, he was like Society of Creative Anachronism? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had an Xbox, so I loved him in that regard, because he <laughs> let me play it. He was yeah. also Suitcase U. He was shacking up real hard with his girlfriend. Couldn't really bond over anything except him letting me pay my Xbox, except one time he came in, and it was like 11 in the morning, and I just hear clinking. <laughs> and I look up, and there's a knight next to me on our bunk bed. Super regular. He was the top bunks. He wasn't in full night armor, but he's like, hey, man, I just got these finger gauntlets. Tight. And then he, like, clenches his mailed fist <laughs> next to me as I'm sleeping. I'm like, cool, cool dude. <laughs> and he's like, I know a guy who's got a deal if you want some. I'm like, send me a link. Let's do Thanks. it. Let's do it. Um, do you, you own finger gauntlets? Do you need anything or just... <laughs> No, I'm just grabbing stuff, going to the girlfriend for the week. I'm like, okay, awesome. He also dropped out that semester. I think I am specifically blessed. No, I think I uh, um, emit a sort of like, bless you, anti-academic ray. I was gonna say we should, or I sort of, or sort of suck the ability to study out of people, right? Which probably isn't great that I'm we, a teacher. We should take a moment to celebrate Sarah for not just leaving because you're also living there, yeah. which appears to be the bit now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think probably in, in regards to that, like I'm probably the awkward roommate and I don't know it. So that's probably more likely. Uh, you were a great roommate. Uh, also, I was at a point in my life where I was also homeless. <laughs> right. So yeah. roommate right. is less accurate than squatter. Well, yeah. And uh, many of your fellow actual roommates paying rent were not thrilled. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Eh, one of them seemed okay with it. But we got really good at beer pong. We got really good at beer pong. The summer of nothing uh, will go down as three of the best months of my life. <laughs> Caleb and I lived together. What little of it I remember. That's exactly right. It was right. basically the highlights. We edited everything else out <sighs> with alcohol. Jesus. Um, I did, and I don't want to get too deep into roommate stuff because I'm not, I don't know who does and doesn't listen to this. Well, no, I know my wife doesn't. So I guess if I counted her as a roommate. Um, <laughs> I did have a roommate, sophomore year of college. It's one of the few times I've seen Caleb just absolutely speechless. We came home of an evening. He was very frustrated with me and felt like I should have taken the trash out earlier, and I hadn't. And he just dumped the trash all over the kitchen table <laughs> with a handwritten note. Very mature. Take out the fucking trash. Laid atop a pile of garbage in I our kitchen. Okay, to be honest, Spencer, that was shitty. But like, I admire that it was just aggressive. Not passive aggressive, Not just like... like it was passive aggressive. He no, didn't tell that, me to take out the That was the thing trash. about it. He thought it was passive aggressive. Right. And he couldn't understand why. Right. I mean, it wouldn't be there if it was out. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And yeah. it, he had very much had a defense for it. And I was just like, as a, and at this point, I it's my, I am, I am just a trash human. <laughs> like, I, I am just like drinking fucking Boone's Farm because it's the only thing I can fucking afford. I am homeless. I've been fired. And like, but my training is in like shitty roommates, and I'm just like, wow, this is 
This is next level shitty roommate. Yeah. Also, I've seen one of Spencer's former roommates stab a dude. Yeah. And I would still prefer that. That's right. That's right. So, anyways, that was a weird night. Uh, he and I have not talked about it all that much since that moment. Weird. Yeah. Weird. Other than that, uh, okay, roommates, I guess. So, actually, a lot of my roommates I really loved. One of my roommates threw an alarm clock at me one morning. Uh, <laughs> I, I got called in for that one. Yeah, that was a weird moment. I mediated poorly. Yeah. Uh, that was not that was not a bad that was not a good event. Other than that, pretty good roommates. Producer Ross, you got anything? I had an older brother, so you know, <laughs> yeah. I grew up with a roommate. It didn't go. It it, it went fine. He was fine. Uh, there was the, there was that time he broke his leg. I had to take care of him for you know months. That was fun. That's fucked up. Yeah, no, it, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I did have a roommate uh, my fr- freshman year, uh, and then he. I actually. It's pretty generic. We didn't really. We we kind of talked to each other. We were kind. We had mutual friends, and so uh, he. Yeah, not nothing. Nothing like any of anything really that you. Guys My roommates were cool. It was yeah. awkward, but they were fucking sweet. Yeah. No, I I I boring for Do me. Do you have a night just walk through your house? No. Yeah. That's true. So your house is lame. Uh, I mean, my brother did practice like uh, uh, hapkido and like uh, joints on. Oh joint no, I'm not on. talking about your brother. Yeah, yeah. Your brother's awful. <laughs> All right, Scott. Thanks so yeah, much yeah. for the question. This was a weird trip down memory lane. Uh, we got one beer left. We'll be right back. Caleb, it's our last beer, and it may be our best beer. What are you drinking? Uh, from Prairie Artisan Ales, Holla. the Pirate Noir Imperial Stout aged in Jamaican rum barrels. Yeah. Ooh. It's, it's, um, a, it's a big boy. I like rum. I like Imperial Stouts. I know nothing about Jamaica, but I assume it's okay. I don't, couldn't tell you. Oh, I've not been there. So, What Prairie's about Jamaican d- rum? Uh, it's rum, so pro. Uh, and touche, just like Afghan rum and Mm -hmm. Azerbaijani rum Mm -hmm. and Burkina Mm -hmm. Faso rum, Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. generally pro rum. Um, and Prairie Artist Nails. So Prairie's doing a whole noir line now. I think there are three of them. I think they're doing a pirate noir, they're doing a vanilla noir, which is uh, it's sweeter. Yeah. And I think a bourbon noir now. Wow. So bourbon barrels. So I've had this one, and, and I'm not a big rum fan. I'm curious for your take on it, though. Yeah. It yeah. is. It, it, I like all of these things. And right. It sounds. I'm very intrigued. I really want to try this. That is uh, quite good. I think the rum cuts nicely into the sticky cloyingness that you get on a highly viscous imperial stout, especially one from Prairie. Yeah. So I think, like, in terms of the. I'm going to say the term, the mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. In terms of the mouthfeel, it really changes how you engage with an Imperial Stout mm-hmm. without perverting the flavor so sure, much. Sure, it still it, tastes it's, like a yeah, it's prima- bomb. It's, it's primary, yeah. uh, it's primary like, textural yeah. for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that quite a bit. I'd give it a five. Yeah, like, so, I've never had an Imperial Stout that is cuts that thin right. while still having such a high ABV. So. I, yeah, it's 12%. I don't yeah. love the rum mm-hmm. with with the beer. And I think that's as much a rum thing as it is the beer thing. I mean, have you had like a really good rum though? Yeah, I just You're don't... You're not like just drinking like Captain? Like you've no, had like a Zazu or I've, something I've like that? I've had like decent rum. I just don't care for the Better flavor. Better not be talking about shit about Kraken. <laughs> hey, I ain't talking shit about Kraken. All right. I just don't care for the flavor of rum. I also don't... I've learned that Imperial Stouts and, and some 
alcohols just really don't do well for me. Like uh, uh, mothers did a, a Scotch barrel milf, undrinkable. Like just oh, not. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, Scotch barrels. Right. No, so fucking that. weird. Yeah. That's why I was worried about the peat. Right. Friend, yeah. Totally. Or yeah. whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> Anyways, um, no. Kraken's as low as I go for rum, and it's still good. Like yeah. just like Bush Lights as go low as I go for beer. Meaning, <laughs> I go that low as frequently as I can. That's right. I live uh, there. <laughs> yeah. I live in that gutter, um, uh, but yeah. I don't want to go beneath that. Just acknowledge, yeah. accept it, embrace yeah. it. Here we are in Drunk Enough. Uh, I'm guessing this is your topic. Well, Sarah and I came up with it go ahead. together. Get in there. Uh, I was out with Lynn on the porch, and she was doing her cross-stitch, mm-hmm. and we were considering the stars. And by that, I mean I was playing Death Stranding. and uh, she, she probably was doing cross-stitch. She, she was doing cross-stitch. <laughs> right, yeah. But I like to think of myself as more folksy than I am. Yeah. Anyway. Woodland um, Confident came up. Yes. Woodland Confident. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, we were talking about people who were talking, we were talking about the news, which is uniformly awful. And we don't have to get into the particularity of that. We can accept that as written. Sure. Let's make this evergreen. It's awful. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Very very good. (laughs) It won't age. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, let's make it even more evergreen. It's more awful than it was before. No, yep, yep. There, that it's, it's a roller coaster, Caleb. Sometimes it gets a little less awful. Disagree. <laughs> uh, so we were talking about that, and she was talking about people who were saying, "Well, I just never, I just don't engage with the news, or I had no idea that happened, or like." And she was talking about people, and and we're posting this on Martin Luther King Day, who were just like unaware about the Iran stuff, right. like yesterday, right. And I was just like, oh my God. And, and she was like, I had the reaction too, but I also understand right. that it's in horrible. order to stay sane, right. you have to do it. Yeah. Like, as much as I believe in self care, which, as we've established in this podcast, is not much, as uh, I still believe that, like, yes, cutting that shit off mm-hmm. is better for everyone mm-hmm. than engaging in this endless cycle of horror that you literally have no control over except your vote. Which probably doesn't matter anyway, <laughs> and will be negated by the Senate. Um, and I, I get that. I get why would I engage with that when it literally has no impact on my life, except the things I can't control, right? And things like that. However, we also talked about that when people were just like, "Oh yeah, I haven't watched the news and so and so," or I had no idea about that. Right. I have this knee jerk, yeah. Unstoppable impulse to be like, well, what the fuck is wrong with you? That's right. yeah. <laughs> you goddamn coward. Yeah. And I both simultaneously know I shouldn't have that impulse because there's nothing more understandable than looking away. Right. And yet, right. I still have that very like 90s, but how do you know what's going on mm-hmm. reaction? And I can't, I can't tamp down the impulse when yeah. people are just like, yeah, I don't engage. I, I don't know how I get rid of it. And I don't know if I should get rid of it. But I, that's where that's the paradoxical feeling I have, and that seems like a drunk enough situation. Sure. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. Oh I, yeah, take care of yourself. Don't watch that shit. Also, you're a stupid fucking plebe, and you're the reason everything that's happened. And I believe both things simultaneously. Yeah, <laughs> even and, and one of them's got to be wrong. Like, yeah. I, yeah. but see, I don't, I don't know that one. Of, and I think this is the trick to this. <laughs> I don't know that one of them is wrong. Uh, like, I don't think you should get rid of this impulse. Um, I just think there are so many interesting things happening right here. Uh, so, so things that come to mind. Uh, if I write off the large portion of my brain that just wants to talk about, uh, you know, different news outlets and and rate them by their various terribleness and how they you know contribute 
to and or participate in the destruction of our society. If I take all that away and I go, okay, but but my reaction to someone who does not watch the news, what does that look like? Uh, it is a it is a frustrating position because I believe that your twin impulses here are also the impulses of the news generally. I believe that this is exactly what the news does. It lives squarely in our consciousness as, you know, the fourth estate. Is that what the media? Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah, right. yeah. Third. <laughs> Third. Yeah, thank Maybe. you. Uh, Fifth. One of the estates. 17th. Um, pie. As, as we talked about, it's the pie estate. We, we did not care for that game. It was a bidding mechanic, and we don't <laughs> play that. Um, it lives comfortably, squarely, in the middle of our consciousness as this thing which is supposed to drive all of this forward. And I don't think that any amount of work that we do will ever really, truly delete that belief. I think you can diminish it. Uh, I think that you can poke holes in it. And I think that the last 10 to 15 years and the rise of social media has me been realizing the absurdity of that, that there is one centralized narrative which ought bind us all together and give us some shared vocabulary for what's happening and what's meaningful. That's all bullshit. But no matter how often I see that being bullshit, I'll still believe it a little bit because it's just part of what we do here, part of the deal, right? And so that's part of what you're reflecting on, right? Yeah. That, well, yeah, but you... You have to when watch. we said postmodernism was a mistake, we were referring to the beer, but we also kind of meant as a philosophy. That's exactly right. <laughs> right. Like, well, yeah, but what the, f- the the news is the news, though. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. How else? How else could you know? Um, the other impulse of the news then uh, is to uh, satisfy its its material function, which is mm-hmm. to to make money and and serve people or not serve people. Yeah. And so, someone's willingness to engage with a tool. Uh, is 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 their choice, right? And and what you're reflecting on here also is like, well, yeah, why the fuck would you use a tool if you didn't need the fucking tool? And the tool made you sick to your stomach, you know? Um, I, I think that all you've done here is is effectively summarize the dual impulses of news. Uh, and, and I'm not sure that that's new well, to 2020. Well, well, I know, but it goes deeper than that. Like, so for instance, like, <clears throat> the, like when New York Times comes out after, like, Corbin loses, sure. and, and they literally publish in the opinion pages that Bernie Sanders is an anti-Semite. <laughs> Part of me wants to be like, yeah, cut it all off. Right. It's all fucking bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> like, raise every... Go through the cubicles. Just say, you got five minutes to get out, and just start throwing Molotov cocktails. It's all nonsense, clickbait bullshit. There's not a real journalist among them. And then I see some dude who's like, the lying of New York Times... And while I totally agree that they're lying pieces of shit, I'm like, well, yeah, you're two steps away from saying Lugan Press and fuck you. That's dude. right. Like, and then I'm suddenly all like Woodward and Bernstein. The press is the only way to fight back. Right. And I believe both things simultaneously. Yeah. And I was like, I am being torn apart by right. this name. And but furthermore, furthermore, and this is where I struggle. If it's true. If both are true at the same time, yeah, and if all I can do is this unresolvable cognitive dissonance, mm-hmm. isn't that not? Uh, th- and it's unresolvable culturally. It's not unresolvable because you won't make the effort to do it. Mm-hmm. Isn't that another pebble on the side of the scale that says just fuck it, like don't, uh, don't engage? Like if all of it's going to do the rip the hemisphere of your brain apart, like. Is that healthy? Well, like- <laughs> but see, but see, I think so. Uh, and and here, here's where I'm kind of just like willing to admit something bad about myself. Uh, I, I am able to resolve it. So, like, let's pose the question a little bit differently. On balance, it is better for the news to exist than not. Or on balance, 
it is better for people to watch the news than not watch the news, which is really and, the question and, we're asking. Well, the question I'm having is like, it, it's not a question for me. I'm going to keep doing it because right. there's something, but I feel like I'm going to keep doing because there's something deeply wrong with me. Sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> and like but self-destructive. That's, that's kind of the He Caleb says drinking question. his Imperial rum ale. Right. Uh, but um, I, it's for other people because I am judging other people wrongly. Sure. Or perhaps wrongly because of this. So, so. so, so that's the question, right? Yeah. That on balance, it is better for other people to watch the news than not watch. Yeah, the news. yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's how we would put this in kind of its you know dialectical tension, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the way I resolve this, because I do not believe there's an easy out here. I think you're right, culturally, socially. I mean, I think we have stitched ourselves into this burlap sack of a bed with a bunch of very hungry rats. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. And, and we both need the burlap sack to protect what parts of our body we can. And also, the rats are in the bag. Right? Um, <laughs> yeah. mm. the, the way I resolve it, and, and I'm not too proud to admit this, is to say, I agree with the sentiment that on balance, it is better for people to not watch the news. It's better for people to watch the news than not watch the news. When those people agree with me and or that news agrees with me. And on balance, <laughs> it is worse for people to watch the news than not watch the news when that news or those people do not agree with me. I, I, I admit, I understand that about God, myself. God, terrifying. No, it is. <laughs> but it's the only way I, I can... It's the honest way. It may not be the only way. It's the honest way I resolve this. And, and I believe that the, the fracturing of news outlets and news narratives and news storytellers has made that perspective, if not the norm, certainly more normal. I mean, I, 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 I would dare to say that my honest, not healthy approach to this probably also reflects the approach of, I would imagine, the, the greater part of America. Well, I'll be honest here. If that's what we leave it on, we don't have to. But if that's what we leave it on, normally drunk enough makes me feel either a little better about my neuroses right. or just equivalent because I've shared them. Right. Mm-hmm. That makes me feel worse. Well, yes. I, I, I could say something, too. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I think everyone has a basic human moral duty to care and you don't have a moral duty to go out and try and save everyone. You you know, you're not if you, you don't have a duty to be Batman or to be a superhero. Sure. But you do have a moral human duty if you see someone drowning at the side of the ditch right. to drag them up. So you have a basic moral duty to care and to to try to help and improve things. Right. And you cannot do that if you do not pay attention to what is happening. Right. Um, and that means it's also, there's also a uh, enlightened self-interest uh, to do this because if you don't pay attention to what the basic news of what is going on, you are going to be a victim, a vulnerable person to disinformation. Sure. Um, and so you, it sucks and you do have to check out from time to time, but you, you have a du- moral duty to pay attention to what is happening in a broad sense because if not your life will get worse because you will be a sucker a mark in someone else's pawn yeah and the world cannot improve and you have failed in your basic moral duty as a person that is my position that makes me feel a lot better because it makes me feel morally superior mm-hmm. and so that is the view i <laughs> there it is. i choose to there it is. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah all uh-huh. right and here we are again right. god damn it yeah. yeah, it is. A, maybe it's an unresolvable right. question of yeah. the uh, yeah. age. See, so. and and mine had no moral superiority to it. You know what I mean? It was all self interest, and so in that way, it was less arrogant. A Randian future, what yeah. everyone yeah. wants. That's exactly yeah. right. All right, yeah. great. Yeah. Um, hmm. well, anyways, this has been hmm. the Nick Six Podcast. Hmm. Yeah, it's a rich tapestry, <laughs> right. a land of contrast. That's right. That's right. We celebrate multiple perspectives here on this podcast, and and in this segment, nonetheless. 
Hey, if you've been listening to this, we appreciate your time, your energy, effort, and as always, we look for your thoughts and feedback on this. Assuming, of course, you agree with me. I don't know if you've heard. If you don't agree with me, please don't share them. We will completely disregard. That's right. I won't pay attention to them, nor will I tell other people to go find them. (laughs) Uh, if you, if you're not already a patron, don't forget that there's a ton of other Mix 6 content available to you on Patreon.com. That's Patreon.com. Just look for the Mix 6 podcast where you can get access to a lot more content than you're currently getting in just free episodes. Rate and review us on iTunes. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. But only if it's positive. Absolutely. Because we will completely disregard any other feedback. Yeah, 100%. We'll Mm. spend an entire segment on it. And then we'll (laughs) tell you not to come back. Uh... Uh, if you're not following us on Twitter, check us out at the Mix Six. You can also find us on Facebook. We've got a group and a page. Some people have animated videos of us doing cool, funny, terrible things on YouTube, Y-O-U-T-U-B-E dot com, not any of the other tubes. And you can always check on our website. Just go to the www.themixedsix.com. Don't forget to rate and review us on your podcast streaming applications. Tell your friends and family about us, assuming, of course, they would like us. Uh, don't tell them if they wouldn't like us. We, again, don't need that. Uh, this has been a whole lot of talking from us about shit. And drinking some beer. This is the Mix Six Podcast. I'm Spencer. I am philosophically adrift. Yeah, that's right. Watch the goddamn news. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Asterisk. (laughs)